Good morning. Today is Friday, the 19th of July, 2019. Our readings for today are Psalm 31, 1 Samuel 2, or I'm sorry, chapter 21, verses 1 through 15, Acts chapter 13, verses 13 through 25, and Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 19a. I have an unexpected several hours, um, maybe upwards of three, to myself, and I might even be alone in the sanctuary for that entire time. I think that um, the rector usually comes in and says morning prayer on Friday mornings, but I'm not sure if he's doing that this morning or what the time is, so I'm enjoying this beautiful space. It's We're having a heat wave here, uh, which is a little unusual for us, but it's only 78 degrees at 7.26 in the morning, so the unair-conditioned church is still fairly cool, and the light is just beginning to come in through the windows. I haven't turned on the electrics, and it's a beautiful, still, sacred space this morning, and so I'm very glad to be able to virtually bring you to it and me to you. Thank you very much for being here with me. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Mother, to set forth her praise, to hear her holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship her, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O God, you are my God. From break of day, I seek you. O God, you are my God. Eagerly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a barren and dry land where there is no water. Therefore, I have gazed upon you in your holy place, that I might behold your power and your glory. For your love and kindness is better than life itself. My lips shall give you praise. So will I bless you as long as I live, and lift up my hands in your name. My soul is content 
as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I meditate, when I remember you upon my bed, and meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my helper, and under the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul clings to you, your right hand holds me fast. O God, you are my God. From break of day, I seek you. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. You hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will exalt and rejoice in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. You have taken heed of my adversities and have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye wastes away from grief, my soul and body also, for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have passed out of mind like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, You are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Do not let me be put to shame, O Lord, for I call on you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go dumbfounded to Sheol. Let the lying lips be stilled that speak insolently against the righteous with pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is your goodness that you have laid up for those who fear you and accomplished for those who take refuge in you in the sight of everyone. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from human plots. You hold them safe under your shelter from contentious tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me 
when I was beset as a city under siege. I had said in my alarm, I am driven far from your sight, but you heard my supplications when I cried out to you for help. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts haughtily. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Samuel, chapter 21, verses 1 through 15. David came to Nob to the priest Elimelech. Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him, why are you alone and no one with you? David said to the priest Ahimelech, The king has charged me with a matter and said to me, No one must know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Now then, what have you at hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. The priest answered David, I have no ordinary bread at hand, only holy bread, provided that the young men have kept themselves from women. David answered the priest, Indeed, women have been kept from us as always when I go on an expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy, even when it is a common journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread. For there was no bread there except the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord, to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg the Edomite, the chief of Saul's shepherds. David said to Ahimelech, Is there no spear or sword here with you? I did not bring my sword or my weapons with me because my king's business required haste. The priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is none here except that one. David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. David rose and fled that day from Saul. He went to King Ashish of Gath, the servants of Ashish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of King Ashish of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them. He pretended to be mad when in their presence. He scratched marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. Ashish said to his servants, Look, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle I, A Song of Jonah I called to you, O God, out of my distress, 
and you answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. How shall I ever look again upon your holy temple? The waters closed in over me. The deep was round about me. Weeds were, ra were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land beneath the earth. Yet you brought up my life from the depths, O God. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O God. And my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. With the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay, for deliverance belongs to the Lord. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts, chapter 13, verses 13 through 25. Then Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia. John, however, left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch and Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the officials of the synagogue sent them a message, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, give it. So Paul stood up and with a gesture began to speak. You Israelites and others who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our ancestors and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm he led them out of it. For about 40 years he put up with them in the wilderness. After he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance for about 450 years. After that, he gave them judges until the time of the prophet Samuel. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. When he had removed him, he made David their king. In his testimony about him, he said, I have found David, son of Jesse, to be a man after my heart, who will carry out all my wishes. Of this man's posterity, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had already proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his work, he said, what do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No, but one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of the sandals on his feet. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 18, A Song to the Lamb Splendor and honor and royal power are yours by right, O God Most High. For you created everything that is, and by your will they were created and have their being. And yours by right, O Lamb that was slain, for with your blood you have redeemed for God from every family, language, people, and nation, a royal priesthood to serve our God. And so to the one who sits upon the throne and to Christ the Lamb, be worship and praise, dominion and splendor, 
forever and forevermore. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Mark chapter 3, verse 17 through verse 19a. Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him, hearing all that he was doing. They came to him in great numbers from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, beyond the Jordan, and the region around Tyre and Sidon. He, he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. For he had cured so many, for he had cured many, so that all who had diseases pressed upon him to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and shouted, You are the Son of God. But he sternly ordered them not to make him known. He went up the mountain and called to him those whom he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him and to be sent out to proclaim the message. And to have authority to cast out demons. So he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave, gave the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, and Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus and Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Entirely appropriately, as we've just heard about Jesus creating the twelve apostles and sending them forth, let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. It's found in your Book of Common Prayer and also in Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1, page 41. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. We are going to persevere in our intercessory prayers for healing, for there is so much healing needed in this world and in ourselves. And so, please turn with me to page 30 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2, where we will find prayers for the world and the church, particularly for God's healing grace. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. At this point, let's pause for privacy's sake in my case and name those particular people whom we lift up in prayer. Let us offer our prayers for God's healing, saying, Hear and have mercy. Holy God, source of health and salvation, hear and have mercy. Holy and mighty, wellspring of abundant life, hear and have mercy. Holy immortal one, protector of the faithful, hear and have mercy. Holy Trinity, the source of all wholeness, hear and have mercy. Blessed Jesus, your holy name is medicine for healing and a promise of eternal life, hear and have mercy. Jesus, descendant of David, you healed all who came to you in faith. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, child of Mary, you embraced the world with your love. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, divine physician, you sent your disciples to preach the gospel and heal in your name. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, our true mother, you feed us the milk of your compassion. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, Son of God, you take away our sin and make us whole. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, eternal Christ, your promised spirit renews our hearts and minds. Hear and have mercy. Grant your grace to heal those who are sick, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage and faith to all who are disabled through injury or illness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give courage and faith, sorry, comfort, relieve, and heal all sick children. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give courage to all who await surgery. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Support and encourage those who live with chronic illness. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Strengthen those who endure continual pain and give them hope. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Grant the refreshment of peaceful sleep to all who suffer. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Befriend all who are anxious, lonely, despondent, or afraid. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Restore those with mental illness to clarity of mind and hopefulness of heart. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give rest to the weary and hold the dying in your loving arms. We pray to you, O God. Hear 
and have mercy. Help us to prepare for death with confident expectation and hope of Easter joy. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give your wisdom and compassion to healthcare workers, that they may minister to the sick and dying with knowledge, skill, and kindness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Uphold those who keep watch with the sick. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Guide those who search for the causes and cures of sickness and disease. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Lamb of God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, bearer of our sins, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, hear and have mercy. Our Mother who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Compassionate God, you so loved the world that you sent us Jesus to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, he revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ who suffered and died for us, conquered death and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole, and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. I'm now going to pray select prayers from prayers for those who are sick. Beginning on page 64, I invite you to add, I mean, you guys know that often I just read all of them, for I know that somewhere there is someone who needs each one of these prayers. Today I'm going to pray specific prayers that um, address those on my prayer list, and I invite you to add on any prayers, whether they're from the prayers written on these pages or prayers from your heart, but may they all be prayers from the Holy Spirit. Amen. For those who mourn, merciful God, whose son Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus, look with compassion on all who are bound by sorrow and pain through the death of Anne-Marie or any loved ones. Comfort them. Grant them the conviction that all things work together for good to those who love you and help them to find sure trust and confidence in your resurrection power. Through Jesus Christ, our deliverer. Amen. This one is from the Book of Common Prayer on page 831. For the victims of addiction, O blessed God, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. 
Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt your children, the anxieties that perplex them, the despair that frightens them, and their frustration at their inability to think clearly. Help them to discover your forgiveness in their memories and know your peace in their distress. Touch them, O God, and fill them with your light and your hope. Amen. God, the strength of the weak and the comfort of those who suffer, hear our prayers and grant your children the power of your grace, that their sickness may be turned into health and our sorrow into joy. For Jesus Christ's sake, amen. O God, our refuge and strength, in these places of unrelenting light and noise, enfold your children in your holy darkness and silence that they may rest secure under the shadow of your wings. Amen. Strengthen your servants, God, to go where they have to go and bear what they have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, they may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus, you bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to us. And by your justice, lift us up, that in the body you have given us, we may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those who fear losing hope, Loving God, inspire by your Holy Spirit those who are afraid of losing hope, especially your children for whom we now pray. Give them a fresh vision of your love, that they may find again what they fear they have lost. Grant them your powerful deliverance through the one who makes all things new, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. For those who are developmentally disabled, giver of all grace, we pray your peace which passes all understanding for those who are developmentally disabled. Grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored and their difficulties understood, that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. As a prayer for a mission, we're going to pray the prayer of St. Francis. It's found on page 833. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. So now I'd like to share with you a few of my thoughts on the readings today. 
I'll try to be succinct because it turns out I have about half the time that I thought I had. <laughs> Which is just the way of it. You just have to flex and know that there's a reason. So, our psalm. The psalmist um, is trusting in God. And he tells God his troubles, and he feels heard by God and seen by God. And he says in verse 5, Into your hand I commit my spirit, which is one of the verses we use at burials. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. So truly, all that he is, he is putting his trust in God. Because it is God who has redeemed him. I think, I think always and now, people have struggled with not feeling seen and heard and acknowledged and appreciated among other people. I know I feel that way often. And my therapist said something to me the other day about the more woke, to use a colloquialism, that we are, the harder it is to find real, true friends with whom we can share our deepest selves, let alone a partner. And I'm very blessed that I do have a few of those friends, but I feel mostly that I deal myself out in pieces and portions. And even with my closest friends, there are a few that there are certain subjects that we just don't touch on because we vehemently disagree. And we have discussed it and come to understand each other's perspectives and we have been gracious with each other. But in this moment, there is no more to be said on that and we cannot further explore it with each other at this time. And that at, that, at this time will, will come into play later as we talk. But, but one thing that I always come back to that sustains me and refills me is that God hears me and God sees me. Forgive the noise. Hopefully you can hear me through it. What's happening is that we're taking down some banners from the outside walls of the church that had been screwed into the stonework. And they were beautiful banners in that the words were beautiful. They said, um, Jesus was a refugee and all are welcome at, God's ta at Christ's table. And they were part of how I knew that this was the right church for me when I saw those words strung out across the outer walls of the church. But unfortunately, the screws that hold these banners to the walls of the church are damaging the beautiful and historic masonry. So we're removing them and thinking of another way to display our message. So anyway, I hope that you can hear me through that on the outside. And back to our psalm, I think the ending here... sums it up. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Because we have given all of ourselves to him. We have entrusted all that we are and all that we have to God. To her, I should say. Even I. Just You get used to pronouns. And, and no, to those of you who say that women are included in the male pronouns, that, that somehow saying all men also means all women. No, that's not true. That is not true in this country. That is not true in, in pretty much this world. And, and so we are calling out the women 
We have focused on the men we have enfranchised. We have assisted. We have empowered men forever. Well, I shouldn't say forever. (laughs) For the lifetime of this country. And it's time. It's time for the women. So we're going to use female pronouns here. At least that's the way I feel right now. So uh, forgive me if I forget my my own uh, focus there. But... So God sees us, God hears us, and even, perhaps even more importantly, God does something with what God sees and hears. God works for us on our behalf. God works in us. God takes action for our good. I recently ended a relationship, um, a two-ish year relationship, maybe longer, in which I didn't feel seen and heard. I felt labeled. I felt judged. But I did not feel like the person on the other end of this relationship could put their stuff aside, their personal experience aside enough to meet me where I was and see me as who I am. We all see the world through our clouded and and warped lenses. And sometimes we run into other people that we can't see and who can't see us because of the nature of that wording and clouding. It just <laughs> wording, warping and clouding. It just kind of, you know, matches up exactly wrong with the way that, that we are warped and clouded or shaped with the way that we are shaped, I guess is the better way to say that. Um, and, and so the nature of this relationship was one where it, I needed to be seen and heard in it. And so I ended the relationship Um, I'm maintaining a different relationship with that person, um, but a relationship where uh, seeing and understanding was necessary is, is, you know, that just wasn't working. And, And that's okay. We don't have to be completely known by every person we interact with, right? There are relationships, you know, I would say partners and what, the Celtic faith calls anamkaras, soul friends, where we very much need to be seen very deeply. Um, Relationships like spiritual direction, um, pastoral relationships, maybe spiritual direction kind of falls under that, maybe not depending on your viewpoint. I certainly want to see my son and hear my son. But when we do not get that from the majority of the people in our lives, which I would say is part of the human condition. We can rest assured that, that we are seen and heard and understood and known by God even more deeply than we know ourselves. I think that I think that there are people in this world who cannot see others as they are because their eyes are not open. They are as if asleep and in a nightmare. And I can't see what they're dreaming in their nightmare. So I don't know what their false reality looks like. But I must try to have compassion, even on those who are blind, even on those who are blindly stabbing each other and attempting to stab me in their darkness. Because they they don't see. And it's scary to open your eyes and be awake. You know, those of us in this world who are awake 
that is sometimes a very, very painful thing, especially if, if we have tender hearts and open souls. And I think the way to do, to handle that is the way that the bodhisattvas handled it, you know, to take the vow that we will make our suffering meaningful by using it to help others. And there's kind of a converse too, like an intercessory Christian intercessory prayer where it is not that we take on to some degree, the suffering of others, but we allow ourselves to be open and to feel the suffering of others, kind of an empathic thing in order to intercede and to pray on their behalf. And it is incredibly powerful. And it is our also, it takes a lot of energy and it, it is not something to be entered into lightly. And feeling that I have digressed a, a bit, I feel like I should move on to the rest of the readings. I kind of dumped all that out there, and I hope it was at least somewhat coherent. And if you would like to ask me about it further, please do. Um, please also know that I will likely be talking more on these topics in the future. I, I had a great conversation with my the rector of my parish um, this morning or not this morning, yesterday afternoon, and, and some of those topics were touched. I'm sure they will be touched later on this week. So rest assured, more to follow, or you know, perhaps you're dismayed at that. <laughs> but at any rate, let's move on to our Old Testament reading. All right, so our reading from 1 Samuel. Man, I struggle with the fact that David lied. I, I don't know what to tell you about that. Except that I think the priest probably knew that he was lying. Because he came out trembling to meet him. So it sounds like he knew David was a fugitive. So maybe it is a spoken lie, but an unspoken truth. I don't know. That feels like me trying to rationalize. But anyway, he still asked that the Lord's sanctification be kept. That the practice of keeping oneself pure and abstaining from sex and, and purity, like we're not even going to go there right now, but that the rule that the rules that were assumed to be God's rules were kept, even though perhaps the rules of the king were not, well, definitely the rules of the king weren't being kept. Um, and then I think it's really interesting that David changes his behavior is the way it's put to appear mad, to protect himself. How many, how often do we change our behavior before certain people to protect ourselves? I know a lot of us do it in our workplaces. Not many of us are, present ourselves the exact same way in all of our different circumstances. This is a small thing, but it is pretty symbolic for me. Uh, I used to have really long hair and I would slick it back into this really tight bun for work. And when I was not at work, I would wear it down and loose and my natural curls would take over and it was very, very different to the extent that like, sometimes people would comment on it, you know, like military, my friend sent me this one, like it was kind of like a meme-ish article. Military women's hair is like, Clark Kent's glasses, <laughs> you know, like somehow we're unrecognizable when it's different. And it, and it was a bit of that way. And so when I cut my hair short, when I bobbed it and I wear it in the same style, both at work and at church and all the other places, 
it was a little bit integrating all of those different personas in those different places. And where I can, I do try to live as a wholly integrated person and be my authentic self in all places. But sometimes I have to protect myself by filtering my behaviors, right? Adjusting for other people. I speak strongly and directly and often I use bad, bad in air quotes, words. Can't do that everywhere. David didn't feel he could be a strong warrior self, so he had to come as a madman. How interesting. It's my prayer that someday all of our spaces be safe enough for us to be our authentic selves everywhere. Amen. Our New Testament reading talks about the evolution of leadership to God's people. So Paul has this word for the people. You Israelites and others who fear God, listen. So even then, there's an acknowledgement that it, it's evolving beyond just the Israelites, right? So God So God's people were Israel. Those were the ancestors. Then they inhabited Canaan. Then he gave them judges. Then, at their request, he gave them a king. Then he removed that king and made David the king. David's descendants on down the line into Jesus. And before Jesus, John, who proclaimed the baptism of repentance. And as John was finishing his work, he said that one would come after him greater than he. And that line continues on. It continues on to all of us. All of us as children of God. And that is, that is a blessing and that is also a responsibility that we should not bear lightly. Being humankind comes with blessing and responsibility. May we rise to meet it. Amen. And our gospel reading. So I think it's very interesting that that Jesus needed protection from the crowd, the protection of space, because they so he was he was working all these miracles and there were people that wanted his miracles and by pressing in on him as a group, they could unintentionally wound him because he made himself human. And so he could be hurt. Like God could have come down as God untouchable. He had before, she had before, excuse me. But God chose to come down and be human. And so a multitude pressing in on Jesus would have hurt Jesus. So he sees this and he, he asks for this very gentle protection from unintentional harm to have a boat that he can, he can be in and he can stand and preach from the boat to the shore so that he won't be crushed. And I think it's very interesting that he orders the unclean spirits not to make him known. I don't quite understand that. Only that it wasn't the right time, that it's all about timing. 
and coming to timing or something related to timing. So then Jesus went up the mountain and he called to him those whom he wanted. So my heart is wounded. My heart is wounded for myself and for all of us who have been told that we were not wanted. And so I think about the other followers. How did they feel that they weren't wanted? But then I think two things at that time, followed by and related. Perhaps they weren't ready. And going before you're ready, it wounds even more than not being wanted. Let's stop and think about that for a moment. How many times have we pushed our children? Sorry, I got distracted for a minute there. I'm, I'm at home now. I, um, I had to leave church and go pick up Jack because his practice got cut short to the wind. And, and now I'm home and finishing things up. And delightfully enough, he was whistling as he got out of the shower and then came and asked me to lotion his back. So uh, I had to pause and do all of that. But as I was saying, when we push our kids to do something that they're not ready for, it's often a really traumatic failure for them. Um, and, and it's such a difficult balance, right? With supervisors and subordinates, leaders and followers, parents and children, you know, church people and congregations, you have to find that balance because sometimes you have to, flight instructors and their students, sometimes you have to kind of give people the nudge because they have like trepidations, but they really are ready and they just kind of need to get out there. But discerning the difference between that and when someone is not ready and pushing them to do something that they're not ready for is going to wound them. It's difficult. It's really hard. Sometimes we do it in our personal relationships. This has been a season of endings and grief for me. So not just the two friends who died way before they should have, you know, in their forties. Um, but, but also the relationship I spoke of earlier and then another personal relationship. Sometimes what we want isn't what we're ready for. Sometimes we don't feel like we're ready and we are just, it's all about discernment and God's timing. And in this case, I think that the 12 disciples were the ones that it was their, the right time. It was God's time for them to go forth. Um, and to be given authority and to cast out demons and all of those things. And above all, to work healing, to be God's love in the world. And, and, you know, some people say you have to love yourself before you can love others. No, I don't quite think so. I do think that we have to allow ourselves to experience God's love before we can be a conduit of love for others. But I think fully loving ourselves is kind of like being fully healed. I'm not quite sure we're all like we're ever there before heaven. I think maybe it's, it's always being in a mode of receiving. It's a gerund thing. We're continually receiving love. We're continually healing. We're continually loving. It's not as if it's an action that is ever completed. We are always in this process. And I think to circle back to a question that my son asked me this morning, the answer to whether or not we are gods, whether or not we are part of 
God's universal Christ project, whether or not we quote unquote go to heaven, um, is whether or not we have entered into the process. We have made the intentional decision, no matter what language we use, no matter what ceremony we participate in, we have intentionally entered into cooperation with God and loving both God loving us and us loving others and all of that wrapped together. That's what I think. Um, so that being said, let's, let's go on. Oh, that was, that was the gospel reading. So I guess that's all my thoughts. I guess I'm a little discombobulated, but, but there is synthesis here, at least for me. And that's an incredible and amazing gift about the daily office for me is that the daily office synthesizes all of the theological conversations and questions and prayers and asks and everything that has been going on in my life. And that is holy and blessed and I am thankful for it. And thank you all for being here with me. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord, to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to her from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Live without fear, for your Creator has made you holy, has always protected you, and loves you as a good mother loves her children. Go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with you always. Amen.